1: Today, um, Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals. This is really because of the guests who um, join me to have a conversation where they share their expertise, so that they give of their knowledge and their time, so that you folks, the listeners, can pick the things that you need and implement them in your businesses and uh, be more successful. Today is no different. Uh, My guest today is Rick Harris. Rick is the Executive Director of the Association of Proposal Management Professionals, the Association for Professionals Who Pursue Business Through Proposals, Bids, Tenders, and Presentations. He and his members advance the arts, sciences, and technologies of winning business in virtually every major industry, such as IT, telecom, software, healthcare, consulting, finance, and the federal government. They Keep Business in Business. Thanks so much for joining me today, Rick.
0: Oh, thanks for having me.
1: I, I am thrilled. I, I think proposal writing is one of the um, least understood and potentially most difficult thing that small business owners have to do. Sometimes it's daunting, um, the amount of information they have to put together. Sometimes it's not, but it's still... Um, I think they're not sure if they're really doing it in the best possible way.
0: Yeah, Yeah, Diane, it's one of those things where uh, everybody has to do it. I mean, you have to in any business that you are a part of, you're writing a proposal, whether you know it or not. So hopefully today we'll be able to give you some tips, trends, tools, techniques to help everybody put together a better proposal. Some of the advice that we're going to give may seem, um, may seem like you should know it and may seem very run-of-the-mill, but there are other things that you can do to make your proposal stand out from all of your competitors, and we look forward to sharing that.
1: That is terrific. So, so let's start with some basics. How do companies actually find out about RFPs?
0: Well, there's two different markets generally. And uh, when you look at the government market, they're done through a number of websites. So those can be uh, anywhere from uh, websites like GovCon. Uh, The uh, specific agencies will all list their RFPs. And a quick Google search of government-related RFPs will uh, lead you right to it. Uh, th- there are any number of resources to help you out on a government side. With that said, it's more difficult to put out a proposal and that the government will accept. And the reason is is the government is the largest uh, spender of um, uh, money in in the world the US government is. And there are more contracts and there's more more money available. So there are tighter controls on that. Uh, and when we we're talking about writing a proposal, it can be anywhere from, uh, you know, getting a few thousand dollars worth of business to getting billions of dollars worth of business. So there are different kind of proposals like that. But if you take a look at, a, at the very simplest level and you say there are government, and then which is B to G, business to government, and then there, is, there are business proposals, Business or commercials, what we call B two B proposals, and that, those are the ones that uh, most of I think your listeners are trying to lock in on, and that comes from relationship building, that comes from networking, keeping your ear to the ground, and knowing what's available out there. So it really the the, the go, or the uh, networking is such a major part of finding out about RFPs particularly on the business side. Government side, rather easy. Um, Bloomberg has a great website for it. Any number of, uh, there are any number of websites to tell you about government RFPs. When you're looking at a business-to-business RFP it's keeping your ear to the ground and doing a lot of networking.
1: That's great, that's great. I I was um, curious, and I'm really glad that you said that because I think that's true. Really, in any business-to-business relationship, it's really about paying attention, being aware, getting to know people, um, becoming trusted. You know, really being out there and, and networking effectively. So, uh, it's good to know that that is also true here. Um, so, so explain to the listeners why RFPs and, and writing proposals even matters for people who are really looking to grow their business? How can that really, sure. you know, I think they don't quite understand. Sure.
0: There, there's, if you don't have an RFP, it's, it's really a business process. So if you're a, a business that's looking for a company to provide you with a product or service, you're not just going to throw the invite out there and take in all you can get. What you're looking for is a process that says, this is what we're looking for. Tell us how your company can match up and provide us best with that service or product. So an RFP is just a simply a set of guidelines and rules. And as a proposal person, whether you're uh, one person in a shop that does marketing or whether you're a big company that is going after uh, you know, millions, a million dollar proposal or more, you wanna pay attention to that RFP. It's the guidelines, it's the instructions, if you will, on uh, how the, uh, the person who wants your service or your product what they wanna see from you, and it's largely uh, divided into two things. Whether you win or lose is divided into these two things. First is price, that's important. But uh, second, and I would say just a notch below that in importance is efficiency and quality. So what can you provide them that helps them uh, more uh, be more efficient in their business, or to turn the product around quicker so that they can make a profit off of it. Now, the one thing that I would like to tell your listeners, Diane, is that the RFP is the absolute Bible of the proposal process. If you take an RFP, or if you were to give me an RFP, and I look at it and I half read it, and I put together the proposal I think you should have, you'll lose. Hmm. If you take that RFP and you follow it line by line and really understand what the person's looking for, you actually will be you, You'll be so far ahead of your competition because a lot of the competition just kind of wing it. An RFP is a document that says don't wing it. Do it like, like what, give us what we're asking for, and you'll zoom up to the top into, into consideration.
1: Uh, and, and they have reasons for taking the time to put that RFP together, right? I mean, th- there are things that they want to make sure they're getting from a vendor.
0: They do, and they want to make sure that they're getting a, uh, a product or a service that is of value. There's nothing worse than looking at an RFP or, uh, or a company that's issuing an RFP to see a company saying, we'll provide the service for you for, and I'm just making the numbers up, 1000 And then another one saying, we'll provide the service for you for $100,000. You know, it, 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 It's too wide of a scope. So an RFP pulls the product Project into scope so that they get what they're what they're looking for. They they narrow the companies down, and of course, there's a lot of times as a as a person who's looking for an RFP, that you may look at it and say, "This isn't for me. I'm not going to put it in. This is going to cost me too much to produce this proposal. Or if I win, I can't fulfill the business." Mm-hmm. And uh, so the person or the company issuing the RFP basically giving you a set of guidelines that keep you on a roadmap to, uh, to win the proposal.
1: Now, back many years ago, I used to, um, participate in the bid for the County and there was a company that came in and it it was always low bidder. You had to have everything else, but it was always low bidder. And so there was a company came in and dramatically came in lower than everybody else. And it was just significant. You just knew there was no way. Because we had had the, the business for years. About a month after, they, so they won the bid. About a month after they went to the county and said, okay, so what can we do about raising the price? And the county said, nothing. This is a two-year contract. You're in it. And they ended up going out of business. So will you talk yeah. some about,
0: that that it is what it is. Yes, it's it, that is a, and I hate to say it, it's more common than it should than it should be. There are companies that are operating out there uh, who will lowball a bid, whether it be for a government uh, product or service, or whether it be for a business to business, and that's what catches the attention. Of the, uh, of the company issuing the RFP is the price. Look, it's what we all do. We all look at the price. When we go look at a car, we see the sticker on the window and we, our eyes fall to the bottom right. How much is it gonna cost? You're gonna look at, you'll, you'll fall in love with the value of that car later and the extras later, but can you afford that one number? And it's the same thing that the county does or a business does. They want to know what the price is so that they, when they issue the award, that they're getting the best price. When you go in and you lowball and you can't fulfill that promise, you'll lose not only reputationally, but you could lose your business as you say. And unfortunately it's fairly common to see this. You'll see, uh, some bidders who will only drive the price or try to get noticed in the bidding process by coming in way underneath. And as a strategy, then they try to lift the price up. And what it does is even if they were to have left that contract and say, you know what, there's no way we could do this. Their, their reputation would be damaged certainly with the bidder, and it does get around. that these, these folks are uh, low-ball bidders. It, it, you can't do that. You have to go in and you have to look at that RFP and that opportunity and give your best price that, where you can complete the work. Not the best price that you think is gonna win because otherwise why wouldn't you just uh, cut it in half? or cut it by two-thirds and win everything. Renegotiating a government contract after it has been awarded based on the price that you provided, that's on you, and it could cost you your business. If it doesn't cost you your business, it will cost you reputationally. And I would say that about any proposal uh, that you have. Keep it fair. People understand fair, and they understand simple. And the person on the other side of you by their very nature is also trying to keep, be fair to you. So they may pay a little bit more because you wowed them in the proposal process, but that knee jerk, uh, idea of we want to cut this so we can get noticed it catches up
1: to you quickly. Yeah. Boy, thank you. Thanks for that. I think that's really, really important. Um, so can you talk about the ABCs of writing a winning business proposal? If, if people yeah, there's so many th-
0: start. yeah, there's so many things you could do. The first thing that I would say, again, kind of returning to the RFP, really read that RFP and understand it. Know it, know what the customer wants, and only provide that. Where a lot of people get in trouble is they overwrite or they cut and paste and put, um, put information that the requester is not looking for. For example, they don't want to know about your company other than the introductory paragraph about your company. One of the common mistakes that we see at APMP are companies that will spend two to three pages talking about who they are, their commitment to excellence. That's not what the requester is looking for. The requester is looking for a a proposal that that leads them uh, to a conclusion that, that, that this is a good business opportunity for both sides. So uh, focus in on what the company wants, and it seems rather obvious. But time and time again, we, we see uh, proposals that don't do this. Just right. give them exactly what they want. If, if question 17 says, how big is your staff size? Tell them how big your staff size is. All it requires is one sentence we have a staff of nine employees or nine full-time employees and three part-time employees, period. That's really all you need to provide, but you don't need to talk about your philosophy of why you have uh, nine full-time employees and three part-time. You don't need that. Just get to the facts as quickly as you can. The other thing is describe when you're looking and you're providing the price, be very matter of fact, but tell them what goes into that. That's what they're interested in. They want to know, they want to see your thought process on your pricing. Uh, that's also, that will serve as a good uh, uh, check and balance, um, causing you not to lowball. So when you're showing that price and then you're describing what they get for that price, Requesters really like that. So that, those, are the, those are the things. Really focus in on the RFP, give them what they want, and answer in a, a succinct business writing way. Have a, an executive summary, which is really a one pager, to talk about what you can do and how you can provide them what they're looking for better than anyone else. So there's the executive summary, that we think is very key to winning a, uh, winning a bid. Uh, You must put in a lot of time on that executive summary and then work through the rest of the proposal, giving them what they want. The other thing that we say too, when you're putting together your proposal, write like you talk. Mm. And that's really important. People tend to overwrite in proposals, and people tend to write in legalese. You know, we'll provide you the, the service here to with the, that's, that's not good writing. What you do is you just have a conversation, and you say, this is what we're going to provide, and here's how we're going to do it, just as if you were explaining it to them. Write brief, short, succinct sentences that are in a conversational style, you immediately uh, get singled out for that because the folks on the other end are reading a lot of words, and all they want to do is to see the, they want to see how someone can, um, can accurately, efficiently communicate what they're going to provide. The other thing, too, you have to think about, Diane, is if you are overwriting if you are being incredibly verbose in what you're trying to do and when, what will it be like to work with you? Because of that, that's, that, the impression is that's how your, your meetings will meander. Your, uh, nothing will ever be completely clear. So really take a look at what they want right succinctly and get to the points of the RFP. Uh, that's, that's what we say, and, and the other part is that we think is equally important is this executive summary. Make sure that that opening, the, that opening page really addresses what you want to do, how you're going to do it, and then let the rest of the proposal support that opening statement, that executive summary.
1: I, I so love this because it really is about keeping it simple and clear and not trying to uh, impress and, and overwow somebody, because that's not what they're looking for. They're not looking for the company that is the most eloquent. They're looking for the one that can really say, this is what we're going to do for you.
0: That's true. That is true. Now, I would, will tell you this. The, the way that we think that you stand out Outside of your words is in your graphic design. Again, simple and effective. And a trick that we hear, or a tip uh, that we hear, that works quite often is if a company, if you know a company's colors are blue and gold, maybe that your proposal could match those colors.
1: Oh, but that, that that company
0: sees you in them. Uh, see or sees them. I'm sorry, in yeah. you. And that is effective. Keep your, um, your fonts to Microsoft resident fonts, um, you know, your Helveticas, your uh, Calibris. Make sure that they don't change when they're being passed around on computer to computer. Don't choose an exotic font. Choose an easy to read font. And allow yourself plenty of white space. The other thing is try to incorporate graphics on every page. Have really? something else to look at other than the words. And it doesn't have to be a, um, a dynamic graphic, but completely stay away from clip art. Uh, stay away from that. Show, th- show how your... Uh, your Product or your service is going to work. Use a graph that leads them how it's going to work. If you're talking about money, you can create a pie chart that shows them where the money is going to go. But break up the words uh, to do that. That's That's again how you set yourself apart. Yeah, Yeah.
1: that's interesting. I I never ever would have thought about that. That that is really fascinating.
0: Happy we could help.
1: Yeah, it's great. It is great. Um, I'm going to take a quick sponsor break uh, and then I have some more questions for you. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from and you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash business growth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Transform Your Company by Alex Varobiev and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Field. So visit audibletrial.com/slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. Today we're speaking with Rick Harris about the ABCs of proposal writing. So Rick, I understand that APMP uh, recently had its annual conference, and I'm wondering if there were like new trends that you're seeing around proposal writing that you can share.
0: There are, particularly in the uh, commercial or business-to-business space, what we're seeing, and it's just the beginning phases, are proposals that are delivered on mediums other than paper, and uh, that's exciting. And when when, I'm, when we talk about this, you know, some of the examples that we're seeing and hearing about are people who are putting together a proposal. That is is electronic-based. Now, we're not talking about supplying a DVD of a paper document. We're talking about putting their proposal out to their customer as a website or using video inside of an electronic document that shows how something works. So if you're if you're a uh, car manufacturer and you're looking to provide a new way to open the door and you are a contractor uh, who has a has a better way of opening the door use video to show that or use video to reinforce the message that you have at the written word what we're starting to see in this age where technology has Uh, moved in and consumed our lives is a very old art and science of proposal writing. We're starting to see the technology creep into that to support the argument. And that's really what you want to do. And the one thing, too, I'd like to tell you is that really the number one goal for all of your listeners when you sit down to write a proposal whether it is a five-page proposal or a 500-page proposal, it's to win. So what you want to do is to organize your time, organize your response that lead to a win. None of us sit down to write something, write a proposal, send it to uh, the requester to lose. We write it to win. So you got to put your best foot forward to get that win.
1: Huh? That's great. It's it, yeah, it, it's so true, and and that's why I think people really struggle with how do they write it. So that's why this is so valuable because I think it dispels some myths that people have grown to believe about what they're supposed to be doing, and then they spend all that time on it, and then they wonder um, why it, it it hasn't happened. So.
0: There's two things that that will really help lead you to this win, and the first one is knowing what you're going to bid on and being prudent about it. A lot of times when companies are in need of capital, they do what is a scattershot or a shotgun approach. They just bid on everything, hoping something sticks. And that's not what we recommend. We recommend sizing up the opportunity, taking a look and saying, is this a good fit? And that's hard to do when you're uh, at a young company, you're lean and you're hungry, and you need that cash flow coming in. But it's what will lead you to the win quicker. Because why put out a shotgun approach? Your proposal will look like it rather than a concentrated approach. And I'll give you an example. I was writing proposals long before I ever knew I was writing proposals. In fact, I would call them marketing offer letters. And I would, I was writing for associations and help selling sponsorships. So I was dealing with major uh, Fortune 100 companies, offering them sponsorships to different association events. I didn't know what I was creating was a proposal, but what I did know is I'm going to focus in on what that customer wants, show them how I'm going to provide it to them, and I'm not going to choose everything that comes down the pike. Maybe this one sponsor or maybe this one company is not a good fit for me or us. And if you put that focus in on the proposal or the offer at hand, you'll find yourself winning more. Hmm. I had personally a great win rate. I won almost everything that I bid uh, on. And it was because I was very choosy and wanted and knew that it was a good match and positioned myself in the right way. And the other piece of advice that I would give is Don't let the proposal process begin and end with that proposal. Every company that I dealt with and that many of APMP members deal with, they carry on a personal relationship with because they want to be remembered as someone who's going to provide that solution and someone who's going to give them a better chance at growing their business So every opportunity I had to meet with a company, to talk with a business about the offer that they have or about them personally, I took. And it's how you get noticed through the years. Because at the end of the day, people outside of government proposals where it is very structured, um, business to business, commercial proposals, people are still selling and, and buying from other people. And the more that you can be known and be in front of your potential customer in a non-aggressive way is is the better off you're going to be.
1: Boy, no kidding. Thank you for that. It is, it is absolutely true. People need to slow down a little bit and really pay attention to how they're communicating and how their relationship building and be really focused on just helping people and, Um, which actually leads me to a question. Are there particular people in a company who should be working on proposals, like, you know, who who really are going to be better at it in, in regards to winning the business than other people, or does it depend on the industry they're in or how big they are?
0: It really depends on a number of factors. As you said, the industry that they're in, how big their company, because, if you ask anybody or most anybody from any company, how did you get selected writing the proposal, they'll tell you they just fell into it because they could, which is what happened to me and, and actually leading the association for proposal people. It's people fall into it because they find that they can communicate and they're good at it. If you had to look at the one of the more common Areas. It's people who do business development, who are writers, or who do marketing, tend to make very good proposal folks on the writing side. But what you need with that is a highly disciplined uh, organizational structure, because you've got to be able to read the RFP, create a, uh, a sheet that says, I got to give them this, 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 and this by this time, and stay on task and produce it so you can get out the door. One thing, Diane, that can't can't be said enough, never turn in a proposal even one minute late. And Uh. at the Association of Proposal Management Professionals, what we say, if, if you're a minute late, just sit on your proposal, don't turn it in, because you're late. And they're looking for it on time because they have work to do. We start our meetings exactly at the same time because we're proposal people and we wanna always adhere to a deadline. And that is what we recommend, is to make sure that you, at the very last, your proposal is then ahead of time or on time, not a minute late. That's how you get noticed. So uh, the things that we, getting back to your original question, who are the people? It's people who are excited and can do it. Uh, generally, they're writers. Generally, they're highly organized. And they pull together the proposal and make sure that they meet all of the obligations of the RFP and get it out the door. And I will tell you, all of your readers, one thing, the, or excuse me, your listeners, one thing, and they uh, will absolutely be able to relate to it. Once you've won one, you want to write your next proposal. I never met anyone who didn't produce a proposal who um, didn't want to do another one after they had won. It is a feeling, a rush that you get that your words drove business in through your door.
1: That's interesting. Now, for people who don't get the business, is there, should they review the proposal? Like, are there things that they should do so that the next time maybe they're... Yeah, there
0: there are. You should, all. if you lose, if you are in a position where you do not win, you should do a debrief on every proposal and try to understand why you lost. A lot of companies will say, will provide that information, particularly the government. They're obligated to have those debrief calls with all the folks that didn't win, uh, but you should, as a company, say, what did we do here? That what? How did we get beat? And what do we need to do? And very often, it's on really silly, small things. Uh, they, they didn't have a process that they followed. They didn't get better at their proposal. It was still all over the place. So, uh, what we highly recommend is settling into a debrief call, win lose. You should have a debrief, figure out how you're going to get better. And then, once you've won a couple of, of uh, bids and you've driven in revenue to your business, you should take a look at what won and replicate that. So, make that your proposal process. It would be like if you had a resume and you were successful in getting a job with your resume, nine times out of 10, you're going to use a very similar resume the next time because it was good enough to get you that, that first job. And you keep improving on it, but you don't radically do things different. There are companies out there who will have a completely different layout style, it, it looks like they're, they put out 17 different proposals in 17 different ways, so there's no consistency. So what we say is be consistent, um, make sure that you're on time, make sure you follow the RFP, and all of, anybody who touched that proposal inside of your organization, whether it's one person or four, should either think about Or talk about what happened, why they think they lost, and how you can improve the next proposal. And I guarantee you, if you start doing that, you'll find yourself winning more often than not.
1: Yeah, right. Because you can adjust, right?
0: You just adjust. You adjust on the fly, and you take the feedback that you get, and uh, you do it. I'll, I'll give you an example of an early, early proposal that I put out that I didn't win. And someone looked at me and I, I, talked, to, I talked to the person maybe two months later, who was in charge of, um, of issuing the RFP. And I said, tell me, you know, give me an insight on, on what happened. They go, oh, you, your writing was brilliant. But you used, your graphics were very, very low key. Um, almost, um, too plain. And, you know, we looked at other, um, other RFPs and they were just more pleasing to the eye. You really have to beef that up to make sure that you, uh, you know, you, the next time that you put in a bid. And I learned something. I looked small time. And I wanted to make sure that I could compete with anyone. So I started looking at what great layout looked like. And I said, I want mine to look like this. And that's when I started winning. And then I knew I was, I was on to it. Because so the writing, wow. they told me the writing wasn't an issue, but the yeah. look was. So look and learn. And I didn't argue with them, they were the people who were awarding the uh, bid. And I didn't say, yeah, but I listened yeah. to what they had to say. I went out and learned from it. And I think everybody who is listening to uh, this podcast can benefit from that advice. Just listen.
1: Absolutely. It's really great. Yeah. Want to learn. Don't think that you know, you know, don't, assume exactly. you know, the reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. This is such great information. Will you um, share with the listeners how they can find you and, Anything
0: you, know, yeah. you need to know? We're the uh, Association of Proposal Management Professionals, APMP, and you can reach us at www.apmp.org. That's applepetermarypaul.org. You can find us on the web that way. We also have a great book if you're interested And uh, it's available on Amazon or through the APMP website. It's called Writing Business Bids and Proposals for Dummies. And it is chocked full of great tips, examples on how to write, how to review, uh, and how to, most importantly, get your proposal out the door and on time to put you in a position to win. So. Writing bids and uh, business bids and proposals for dummies is what we call a Bible in our industry for how to write a great proposal.
1: That is great. Thank you so much for joining me. I, I really appreciate it. I think this is really great information for everybody.
0: Thank you for having me, and, and uh, all of us at APMP, uh, certainly thank you.
1: Absolutely. And uh, listeners, like to thank you as well. You're the reason we're here, as well as our sponsor. Uh, if you would like to get a free trial of Audible.com, as well as a free audiobook when you sign up for that trial, please go to audibletrial.com/businessgrowth. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day.